Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round 14 of the AFL season, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie Dads. I'm going to be looking after all things Supercoach on this fine Tuesday evening. But joining me as always are a couple of the greats of the Supercoach game. He's in his fight M&D beanies, left his laptop at uni. It's a bit of carnage going on in the world of Dylan Bolch. Uh, but he joins us this evening uh, on the back of a few more shifts at the Herald Sun. Uh, Dylan, what's news with you? Yeah, a bit of uh, light night carnage. Left a, left the laptop at uni, uh, uni, but um, <laughs> yeah, all's well that ends well. I got a, uh, a phone call well, not long ago saying I'd left it there, and so thankfully did the, uh, the turnaround back home um, before I got too far. So yeah, looking forward to chatting some super gauge. As Bandit said to me when I told him this about five minutes before the podcast, how do you leave your laptop at uni? It's the one thing you need when you go there. <laughs> yeah, well, not wrong. I had I had the case and all the other bits and pieces, but I left the actual laptop on another desk because um, we were doing like a group task and then I thought, oh, shit, that's, uh, yeah, that'd be mine. So, yeah, a bit symbolic of my Supercoach season, actually, a bit of a train wreck, but Ooh, that's all right. Well, we're going to need to get into that at some point. As you may have guessed, there, the, the man on the other line is, is the SC Bandit. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter, at the SC Bandit. He's been doing lots of good stuff. He's finishing up a uni course at the moment. Uh, he's looking great. He's about ready to celebrate uh, Bandit. Team's looking good, but from what I can gather as well. Yeah, team's, team's going all right. Had a bit of a disappointing week, uh, the week just gone. But yeah, I feel like I'm uh, in not too bad a spot. I think um, this week's um, one of the weeks that we thought we might be struggling to scrape uh, 18 together. But I've actually got 19 um, available at this stage, assuming that all the rookies um, keep their spots, which I think they will. So uh, yeah, the planning will hopefully um, pay off over the next couple of weeks. Love to see it. Well, speaking of planning, I feel like we should get a bit of a status check with how we're all going uh, to this point of the season. Um, Dylan, I think I can't start with anywhere else given given the little uh, preview you've given of your team's fortunes at the moment. So why don't you run us through where you're at, how you're feeling, how your team went over the weekend? I think I'm about, um, I scored about 2,150. Um, and Sorry, 2,120. Um, which was which was okay. Boosted by Rory Laird, captain. Um, a few other things went well, but overall, I think I'm sitting about 16k, which is yeah, not not great at all. Struggling away, which is uh, which is what we love. Um, I had a two one four three for the week, which I was very very happy with. Um, up into into the eighth into the eight k range for the season, which uh, which has been pretty good turnaround from, I think I was at 19,000 about four weeks ago. So pretty happy with that. Um, lots of big scores there. there was a, it was a massive week for Supercoach scoring. I mean, I saw some teams floating around with sort of their, you know, the likes of an 85 or a 90 sort of missing out on the best 18, which gives you some indication of how good the week was. Uh, Bandit, how's your team tracking along? Uh, I scored a little bit less than you guys. I scored 2,079 for the week. Um, left probably 50 or 60 points on the table by captaining uh, English on Friday night against Port Adelaide, which was a bit of a heartbreaker to watch that game and see how rubbish he was going in the first half. So, um, yeah, left a few points on the table there, but overall not not too bad in the in the scheme of things. Um, rookies were, were solid. So, uh, yeah, plenty of cash generation to come over the next couple of weeks, hopefully. I've got to ask because I'm out on the out on my partner's farm out in central New South Wales at the moment, and, and had some limited AFL viewing over the weekend. Didn't get to see much of the the Port Bulldogs game. What was going on with English? What what was that score all about? Oh, he just got he got dominated in the in the first half. To be honest, um, I've I've I, that's probably the closest I've watched an opposition player outside of Hawthorne, obviously, um, <laughs> for for the year. Just because I knew that I had the captain on him, and I was really hoping that he that he'd go massive against Port Adelaide, who have given up some. Some really big scores to rucks this year so far, but honestly, Lysette just just killed him, um, both in the in the ruck and around the ground. Just English barely got his hands on it in the first half, and I think he was on what thirteen points or something at, at half time. Um, I don't know how he got scaled to to nineteen by the end of that uh, ninety nine. Sorry, at the end of that game, given that the Bulldogs didn't win, but um, yeah, it wasn't probably as bad as it could have been um, at half time. So um, yeah, I hopefully he's going back this week. Yeah, just off the back of that, I saw a stat after the game. Earlier in the year, or whenever they last played, Supercoach-wise, it was like 140 to 40. Obviously, English was the, the biggest score. And then, yeah, 
all like whatever he did this on my set certainly um turned those tables. It's one of the more unexpected Supercoach scores of the season. And I did promise in our subscribers WhatsApp chat that if uh, if Briggsy managed to top English that I'd do a nudie run, um, stay tuned because, uh, yeah, it's in the works. It's in the works. Don't worry, I'm a man of my word. It will happen at some stage. Uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to save that for a later date, maybe after I've lost a few kegs over the over the footy offseason. Um, boys, each week of the of this season, I've been liking sort of giving a, giving blokes a bit of a serve and giving blokes a, a bit of a rap when they deserve it. It's, it's the SC Playbook Most Valuable Supercoach Player of the year award votes. Uh, we've been giving our three, two, ones for most and least valuable players of the week, uh, purely based on your own sort of criteria. I don't really care whether they're in your team or not. Um, just want to see you throw some votes out to the wind and see what happens. So I'll start us off with our mo- my most valuable player of the week votes this week. My one goes to Will Day. Um, it's probably his last week in my team, and it was great to see him go out on a high. He's, he's one of my boys. I was talking him up all preseason. Was, I've been overall pretty happy with how he's performed. Kieran Briggs gets the two votes again. God, he's been magnificent. He's he's a quality. We're going to talk about him, I'm sure, at some point in this podcast. <laughs> but he's, he's actually good. I can't believe it. it yeah. He's actually good. Um, and three votes to Rory Laird with uh, just a, a, the feasting on a carcass that was the West Coast football team on, on Saturday Arvo. Um, just a remarkably poor performance by them yet again. Uh, so Rory Laird gets my three. Where did you go this weekend, Dylan? Um, so I started with, I went um, sort of similar. I gave George Wardlaw one vote. Um, I think a lot of people well have deserved. him. But yeah, he was, um, he was pretty impressive against the... Um, the Giants scoring uh, 94. Matt Johnson, um, similarly similarly as a rookie, was um, pretty handy. So another 90 from him. Um, and I know my side in particular um, is going to rely upon these guys uh, throughout the buys as we sort of progress through. So that, it's handy to see that they can score well. Um, and then, yeah, Rory Laders, captain, gave uh, the three votes. He was excellent. Yeah, those two rookies. I mean, Wardlaw rewarded with the the rising star um, for this week, which is which was very well deserved. I think in the end, you'd probably be a little bit flat with what he ended up with. I think he was on seventy seven and a half time, ended yeah. up with ninety four or something. Um, I was I was um, shitting bricks at that point. I'd looped on Johnson's score for him and thought I was going to get burnt by a one forty. Um, but yeah, all things worked out well in the end. They were fantastic. What about you, Bandit? Uh, pretty cut and dry for me this week. I gave the votes to my three uh, high scorers for the week. So I gave one vote to Tim Taranto, just putting a, a really solid season together. Uh, Josh Dunkley got the two votes. Um, hard to believe that he's averaging basically 140 from his last five games, and that's effectively 10 points better than the next best um, player over that period, which Remarkable. is Remarkable. Which is Zach Butters from memory. So just shows you what kind of um, what kind of Nick he's in at the moment. And uh, I also gave the three votes to to Laird, just uh, have day out against West Coast as, uh, as we thought he would. And that's, uh, that's exactly what he did. I can't believe we even had the the balls to doubt Rory Laird at the start of this season. Shame on us. Uh, he was always a primo. I don't, I'm sure something will come out that he was carrying something at the start of this year, um, which is to blame for his poor form. But he's been fantastic since then. Um, my least my least valuable player of the week votes, giving one to Tom Green. Um, that's a couple of bad weeks in a row for him. Um, I'm kind of I, – I, the Giants need their buy. Short, like very soon for him, I think. He's looking a little bit belabored. Um, two goes to Connor McKenna. Uh, and then my three votes for the week, I'm going to give to Errol Goulden, which it was just not, he was just not good. Um, it's as simple as that. Really bad down game. Uh, I think for most teams, he would have been their worst scoring player this week, which is which is quite something given um, given his perma primo status at this point. So he gets my three. Um, where'd you go with the least valuable player votes, Bandit? Uh, I gave one vote to to Tim English uh, as we as we touched on earlier. He just got owned by by Scott Lysette. Um so <laughs> yeah, he uh, he cops a one vote this week after copping uh, three from me last week. Uh, three MVP votes it was last week rather. Um, gave two votes to Tom Green, like you said. Um, yeah, just hasn't been great of late and probably needs a bit of a spell uh, at the buy round for, for the Giants. And, uh, yeah, three to Errol as well. Um, I think the the problem with him is just being such a young player still, the gap between his really good games and his really poor games is still quite large. So I think that'll narrow as he gets a bit more experience in, in the midfield with, with Sydney and we won't see as many of those 50 or 60 scores and that'll sort of iron itself out uh, over time. I have a sneaking suspicion where you're going to go with this this week, Dylan. Um, you've not been happy with one guy in particular, but yeah, why don't you let us have it? Who are you three, two, one for your least valuable player? You said at the start of this segment, Eddie, that we could uh, put our own spin on it. I'm giving the three, two, and the one to Crips. 
Oh. Far out. <laughs> oh, Dude, he scored 58 points. I, don't, I just – I can't fathom how he has been so ordinary since I put him in my team. I think I put him in and he was averaging about 120 for the first six weeks of the season, and since then he's been lucky to hit 75. Like, he has totally been a bust. Um, like, I might as well play Jacob Van Royen all year if I'm going to have Crips. He's seriously <laughs> – like, he's just oh, – I was stupid enough to pay money to go and watch an Essendon versus Carlton game as a Hawthorne fan, which is another... Oh, you went? Yeah, yep. Got front row seats to the absolute shit show that is Carlton at the moment. Um, but, like, far out. What do you I, think? What, what, what's, going, what's going wrong with them? Oh, everything. They are just so bad on so many... They can't... They're shocking kicking at, at goal. Their ball movement is slow and pathetic. They've got... The game plan is literally... I mean, it's been written from here to next week, but it's it's just kick it to Kano, kick it to Mackay. I hope they can conjure something. The midfield is so one pace. Sam Walsh is another guy who's been let off the hook here because he scored 90, but he yeah. is not much better. He just kicks it sideways. Um, yeah, Cripps is... I said last week, I mentioned in a, in the group, in the um, contributors group chat, should I go Cripps to Neil and was talked out of it? <laughs> <laughs> Not that Neil went off, and I'm, I'm probably getting Neil this week anyway, but far out. It's almost at the point now where I have to hope that uh, the Chief, Charlie Dads, is right and he can come home strong, but at the moment, geez. Charlie That's... said, you can clip this up on socials as well, Charlie. He said 120 average from Crips from here on in, and he's since dropped 50 and 60 or something of that effect. So. <laughs> Just a, just a lazy five-round average of 74 for Cripper as well. Oh, 74. Oh, oh God. Oh, that <laughs> is so painful. That makes me this, oh, like I want to go through and look at the competition and see who's averaged more than that over that period, but I know it'll just make me even more annoyed, so I'm not going to do that. But yeah, three absolutely two, terrible. Like, um, six votes for Crips, Eddie. <laughs> he got given an absolute bath by Archie Perkins, and my God, was it nice to watch as a Bombers fan just seeing yeah our young midfield destroy. Oh yeah, it's it's a lack of confidence or something with Carlton. It simply has to be. Um, now, boys, it's uh, as you may have guessed, it's been a long AFL season already, and if your super coach team has been stinking it up, and you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome, or not being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys like Nico, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice can help you get you there. Whatever you want to do and wherever you'd like to go, you can speak to the boys today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest rate possible, so you can book that last minute flight today. Message them on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the website, on our website for their email, phone contact, or QR code details. Remember, if you do mention the SC Playbook podcast, you won't pay their usual $129 fee. Now, boys, we are not here to fornicate with spiders on this podcast, so we're going to jump straight into some breaking news that has popped literally as I'm doing that ad read, and it's that James Sicily is going to miss the next three weeks after being classified with a dangerous tackle. Um, I'm not a fan of the decision at all. Um, I'm going to assume that neither of you two either. You two are either as Hawthorne fans. Um, but, yeah, is there, can you see any sort of justification for that three-week ban, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pissed off about that. Uh, um, geez, I'm just angry, aren't I, at the moment with Cripps and Sicily now? <laughs> the, um, oh, so you're, you are a Sicily owner I'm as well. a Sicily owner. So I put Sicily in well, three or four weeks ago now. It was the week he scored 170, and I made him captain that week. I went straight up. I was just bringing him in say, awesome. Then he missed a week because he hit um, Caminiti. Then he scored 136 this week, and now he's obviously out for a a few weeks. Uh, I kind of hope we challenge it, uh, but at the same time, like they're obviously getting pretty serious about this stuff now. And McCluggage like, was in a pretty bad way, and uh, there was that, I guess, dumping motion to it. Even though there were so many moving pieces, I think you could sort of see it coming. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I can understand that the result was really bad, but I, I, I just can't see what else he was meant to do in that situation. I mean, yeah. it, it almost looked like he did what they're asking him to do, and cradled him to ground and it didn't he wasn't intending to smash his head and it just sort of got caught up i, I mean i don't get it bandit what am i missing yeah I, I don't know mate i don't know where we draw a line now between you know footy accidents and dangerous tackles i mean australian rules is is a is a contact sport and i think anyone who plays the game or um has any experience with it knows that every time you step out on the field you are a chance of you know getting hurt in some capacity just through sheer contact so 
Yeah, I don't know where we sit with it now, to be honest. I would have thought Hawthorne will look at an appeal of some description, but, I mean, I, they are consistent with the with the rulings, I guess. But, um, yeah, if, if, if you're a player in the AFL now, I mean, like what, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, no one's... It would appear that no one's really clarified what you can and can't do at this point. So, um, yeah, it just seems like they've gone back to adjudicating things on um, on injury rather than rather than outcome. I guess the the silver lining to it is that it's three weeks that makes him a definite trade out. I think if it was one or two, that's where you get yeah. the, the grey area. At least we know, right? It's three weeks. See you later. Let's bring in I don't know Jack Sinclair or, or someone like that, or Luke Ryan maybe Bandit. <laughs> but I think just before we get on to the more relevant part of the Sicily thing and, and discuss which players we should be looking at to bring in for him, the, the, the part I don't get is that the Zach Merritt action on Sunday night I thought was 10 times worse than the Sicily thing. Uh, I was bracing for a Merritt maybe fortnight off. Um, instead, he's absolutely fine. Sicily cops it. Yeah, it it's, the whole thing's not making much sense to me. Anyway, uh, before we get too bogged down in the weeds, I mean, you mentioned a couple of the options earlier there, Dylan, and I think I think we're all in agreement that if he's going to get three weeks plus the buy, the Hawthorne buy, which is next week, um, I don't really see a case for holding him unless you are severely short on trades. Um, so it probably is time to discuss who is who are the options to bring him in. And I'm I'm having a look through the top defenders at the moment, and, and it's not pretty in terms of in terms of options of players that have come off their buy. And or are in good form. Top five round average for defenders in the comp is Caleb Daniel, um, who's sitting at 615k now. I mean, for, for guys coming off the bye, you're looking at Jack Sinclair, Callum Wilkie, um, yeah, Luke Ryan. I don't know. There's not there's not a lot of quality there. What, what's your what's your sort of strat with this, Dylan? As you're figuring it out in real time. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I'm sort of looking at it in real time. Jack Sinclair was a name that sort of popped out at me. Um, as you said, Caleb Daniels been in great form, but has the buy next week, so that's a, a tricky one. Um, Luke Ryan's another that's been really good, but is uh, out of form at the moment as well. Sinclair, I think, is is the obvious answer. I mean, it, he's got a, a five round average of one hundred and four, but a three round average of one hundred and nineteen. Um, I, as a guy who hasn't watched a lot of St Kilda games recently, um, my worry with Sinclair is always that there's this temptation to throw him into the midfield and and sort of try to play him as a midfielder, where clearly his best super coach role is off the halfback flank. Uh, Bennett, what do you make of, of his game um, and and what it, what it means for his, the end of his super coach season over these next two months? Yeah, he's been very up and down this year, which is um, a, a bit of a contrast to what we saw from him last year when he was generally pretty consistent and had that sort of high high floor. Um, yeah, I, he's he's the one that stands out to me as well. Tom Stewart's the other one we haven't touched on. Yeah. But I mean, I, I would assume yeah. most people do have um, Stewart in their teams already, but if you don't, he's he's probably the obvious straight swap for, Correct. for yeah. Sicily. So, um, yeah, if you haven't got him, I'd, I'd definitely recommend bringing in Stewart. But, um, yeah, of, of the blokes coming off their bye, um, Sinclair's probably that, that number two seed and then maybe someone like a Jake Lloyd. But, again, like he... He's been consistent, but he hasn't got the ceiling of a, of a Tom Stewart or a, or a Sinclair. So, uh, yeah, it's either Stewart or, or Sinclair for me, unless you've got some, some DPP magic to swing and you can um, trade in a player on another line. Yeah, if you can sort of swing it so you can bring in, I don't know, swing Will Day back into defense and bring in Lockie Neal or something into the midfield, that could be the play. I guess the other thing is that um, I messed up my lines before and Haw- it's Haw- the Hawthorne by this week. So if you do hold Sicily for this week, you're not actually missing out on anything that you would have wouldn't have missed out on anyway. Which means you can sort of afford to to take that extra week and maybe take a look at a um, I don't know, dare I say, Mason Redmond, um, Jordan Dawson if you don't own him already, guys like that coming off the buy, maybe a Jordan Ridley. Um, yeah, there, there's not that many options in defence, especially if you're cutting out the Bulldogs guys. So that's going to be a really interesting one to see where teams go with. Um, before we get stuck into the rest of this this evening's big topics, boys, I just wanted to get a, a little general um, vibe of where you guys are at going into this buy. I mean, it's round 14. We've got through the first two buys. I think they were both they were pretty soft in terms of super coach stuff. We didn't really have to work too hard to get ourselves in a decent position for the last two weeks. And these are the two weeks that are really going to make or break most seasons. So, Dylan, I don't want to sink the boots in anymore. I don't know. You've got a few a few things going on in your Supercoach team. But in terms of the buy structure specifically, how are you feeling going into this week? I think I should be okay for this week. I, I had a look and I've got 17, I think, at the moment, pre-trades. And then obviously Sicily will go to someone. So that will give me 18. And then 
Um, there's a few other moving pieces that I, I can swing as well. So this week I should be okay. Um, it's the, the following week where there might be a bit of a bit of travel, I think. Yeah, I feel like a lot of teams are going to be scrambling to get into position for this week. I'm sort of making a concerted effort this week. We'll talk about it later in our trade section, but I'm making a concerted effort this week to, to kind of trade myself into a position for next week, noting that I think um, I'm going to sort of have 19 players available for this week, which is which puts me in a decent spot and, and feeling okay about this week. It's next week that's going to be the real danger. How about you, Bennett? How are you feeling? How's your, how's your strategy playing out for these buyers so far? Yeah, I think as we sort of touched on off the top, um, I'm in a pretty good position, I think. Um, obviously, we need some luck to go away with rookies and injuries and, and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, at this stage, I'll have 19 playing for, for this week um, and then 17 available at this stage for round 15. So should be able to trade into hopefully uh, full playing 18 at least um, for round 15. But um, the problem for me at the moment is just cash generation. Um, obviously, we've got... Some North boys who are still, um, you know, making a lot of cash, but they're about to have a week off in round 15. And, um, you know, it's probably this time of year where you sort of look back on your trades and the guys you've missed on, particularly on the rookie front. Um, you know, for me, I've missed guys like Kate Chandler, Samson Ryan, um, Bailey Humphrey and Kieran Briggs. They're probably the four, you know, best rookies that we've had this year outside of the, the starting guys that we all pick. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a battle, I think, potentially to... Um, get to a full completed team by the end of the buys but um, yeah I think from a a buy planning point of view I should be able to field 18 every week which um, which will definitely help I I mean I I can't really believe I'm saying this but at the moment I'm fielding 20 this week uh, and I've got 18 pre-trades for next week um, assuming that that Sam Sturt holds his spot which has just been a nice little uh, bonus to have Sturt sitting there on the forward bench which has been really nice so feeling in a really good spot boys uh, sorry Dylan again don't want to sink the boots in too much um, Bennett one thing you did mention in that um, that little segment which I really took notice of was the the idea of these sort of cheap alternatives that we've seen coming through this year I mean yeah Bailey Humphrey and Kieran Briggs are the the obvious ones where if you sort of went early on those it's just been a massive advantage. I mean, not only are they sort of scoring like premiums, um, but the cash gen is just ridiculous. I mean, Briggsy's Briggs is up at 406k. I mean, he's going to hit four. He's potentially going to hit 450 by the time he gets to his buy um, this time next week, which is just huge. So I figured it was worth having a look at what other cheap alternatives are coming through at the moment because I feel like we're in a really uh, almost a cheap alternative boon at the moment. We've got guys coming out of our ears. The first guy that I wanted to ask you about, Dylan, and I did watch a lot of the GWS game. We It's one of the few games we get on free-to-air coverage out here in the Central West uh, was the GWS game. But Harry Himmelberg, um, he's been a tease for the last couple of years. He's a 369K. He's, he's defender forward status. He's got a break-even of 26. GWS had their buy not this week, which but next week, which is, which is a bit of a painful outcome. Um, what do you make of him? I mean, we've seen this role change. It's been hinted at before. Is this legit? Should we be looking at Harry Himmelberg at 369K? Yeah, I, I think we do need to look at him. As, as you sort of touched on, the issue is that he's had the buy. Uh, sorry, he hasn't had the buy yet, and that's coming up. So it sort of um, it doesn't help next week when a lot of people will be struggling to fill the 18. He has gone um, into defence, which is obviously beneficial for his scoring, but at the same time, that could change at, at any given time. I know they've got a few injuries at the moment, but Sam Taylor um, is one that has to come back at some point uh, a, bit, a bit later in the year. But, yeah, it, it's one of those ones that I don't, I don't love it, but given the, I guess, the scenario, you've got to sort of look at him, I suppose. Uh, Bennett, I mean, the the GWS coaching staff has come out and said that they see Himmelberg as a long-term forward I really don't think there's any debate at this point that if Himmelberg is playing in defence, that he's capable of scoring like a premium defender. Really, all that's left is that faith in the coaching staff to put him back there. Am I reading that correctly in your eyes, do you think? Yeah, I think Kingsley came out um, after the game on the weekend and said that they he actually thinks that Himmelberg is going to be a long-term um, defender for them. So... Um, that's a pretty big vote of confidence from from the coaching staff at, at the Giants. So um, yeah, maybe that that role is there for for the long term. But from my point of view, that that round fifteen buy is pretty is pretty problematic to be honest. And I'm kind of of the view that um, you know if you do want a player that's um, got a round fifteen buy, you're better off just waiting now at this point until round sixteen, and then you can trade them in um, without any concerns about them missing a game. So um, I think he's definitely an, an option, um, but not until after his buy for me. Just on the injury so front, he's projected. Before you move on, Eddie, I've just brought up the uh, the list here. 
uh, Sam Taylor's a test this week and Isaac Cummings also a test. So there's a few magnets sort of moving around. It would be interesting to see if they if they keep him back there, as Bandit mentioned, or if they swing, swing him back forward. Despite how good he looked um, on the weekend, I think it's one of those ones where you can afford to wait the week. I mean, you're essentially giving yourself a fortnight. Um, with this week, um, he's going to play and then got the buy next. Um, projections have him going up sort of in that 70, 17 to 25K range. Um, so he's probably going to be priced around 390 post-buy. Um, I think that's still really attractive. Uh, for me, he's going to be a, for, for a Sheasel type or a Zebel, and you've still got him or even a Will Day type. I feel like those sort of... Um, semi-primos, I feel like Himmelberg's a proper primo. And if you can get him at 390K, to me, that feels that feels like a bargain. I mean, he just he looks so good out of defense. It, it's just, it, he, he catches the eye as soon as he gets the ball. He's got such brilliant kicking skills. Um, he's good in the air. They look for him. He's a natural footballer. Uh, I'm, I'm really big on him, as you can probably tell. Um, the next guy who I'm uh, coincidentally also very big on uh, is Taron Thomas, who's obviously come back from um, some self-imposed uh, sanctions over the, the start to this season. He's priced at 295K. He's a mid-forward, break-even of minus 29. Um, Bennett, what do you make of Taron? I mean, it's it's going to be another tricky little buy situation for him as well, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah that round 15 buy is probably enough for me to, to put a line through him at this point in time. Um, also do have a bit of a no dickhead uh, policy when it comes to <laughs> fantasy teams, so that probably rules him out for, for me as well. But, I mean, the role is is clearly there, um, albeit um, North were missing some of their first-choice midfielders on the weekend with Simpkin and Greenwood both not playing with, with concussion. But um, he's had 50% um, CBAs or more in both the games that he's played um, to this point, scored really well. Um, and break evens, you know, rock bottom basically, negative negative twenty nine this week um, before heading into his buy. Um, again, though, I think you can just afford to wait a week. You know, yes, he'll probably go up what thirty or forty k next week or even fifty k. Um, but I think just in the interest of you know preserving your buy structure, it's you're better off just waiting a week. This is this is one of those ones that I can I can really see the argument both ways. Now he's he's going to go up somewhere in the range of forty k this week, assuming that he has another similarly good score. That's a that's a lot of cash at this point of the season. Um, he's going to be a nice score this week as well. If you need someone to come in, if you're well placed for round fifteen, um, if you've already got somehow nineteen or twenty players lined up for for round fifteen, I could see it. Um, on the other hand, Dylan, his his highest average in a super coach season is eighty four. He's averaged fifty four last year in what was a horrible year. Um, and and like Bennett said, there, there are a couple guys to come back into that north midfield. I feel like I'm just slightly less trusting of his role uh, and his ability to score overall than I am for a Himmelberg type. Do you think that reasoning makes sense? Yeah, yeah, you're right. He doesn't have that scoring uh, history behind him. I think I think it is worth noting that we considered him uh, at the start of the year before he has had all these off-field issues. Um, there were rumours that he'd sort of play off a half-back uh, flank, which clearly haven't eventuated since he's uh, made his AFL return the last fortnight. But, yeah, I, I think, as you said, there, there's enough there's enough things that are happening at North Melbourne with injuries and buys and whatnot to say that you can wait a week. I think it feels like that's the best yeah. the best course of action. You can then see whether, you know, Greenwood and Simpkin and LDU and these types are back in and where that sort of leaves Thomas. Because if he ends up, you know, on a forward flank and averages 60 for the year, it's a waste of time. So... Yeah, I think White is the best on that one. Probably one thing to think about as well, boys, just with the whole trading in players before their buy thing. I just did some quick, um, some quick calculations on um, on sort of looking at players who have already had their buy against trading players who are yet to have their buy. So if so, assuming we'll talk about Fife in a second, but if Nat Fife mm. plays the rest of the season, there's eleven games left. Um, including this weekend, right to the end of end of the home and away season, let's say Fife averages seventy across that period. He scores seven hundred and seventy points from uh, from eleven games. If Taron Thomas um, plays ten games, including the round fifteen where he has his buy, and averages eighty, which you know for all intents and purposes looks achievable at this point, he only scores eight hundred points. So you're only really thirty points better off by trading in Thomas um, compared to Fife who will play every week from this point out, you know, theoretically if he doesn't get injured. But, you know, for a 30-point difference, doesn't really seem like like the play to me. I'd rather have that extra game from that from that player who's already had their bye. 
Well, I think the crucial thing to discuss there, and I think we need to talk about Nat Fife at this point because um, you've successfully talked him into, you successfully talked me into him via Facebook message of the Sabo Bandit. Um, he doesn't have anything to worry about from a buy perspective. Um, the role looks good. You mentioned that so seventy is, is sort of the ballpark average for him the rest of the season. Is that is that what you're sort of pointing him at? What, what's what's your gut tell you for Fife average for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think seventy is definitely achievable at a minimum um i mean the last two or three weeks the roles looked a lot better than what it did earlier in the season um justin longmuir has finally worked out that playing a two-time brownlow medalist midfielder in the midfield is actually a good idea <laughs> who, who knew but uh yeah i mean omira obviously didn't play last week um being suspended so he'll come back into the side this week you would have thought so that might maybe impact his role a little bit but um yeah i think the roles look pretty good in the last two weeks and you know we've Obviously, seeing what a beast he's been in, in years gone by, whether he can recapture that, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I think at 275k with a break even of negative three, there's you know basically no risk in that in that selection. So um, yeah, I'm jumping on this week. I reckon. Yeah, it just makes too much sense to me. I mean, um, if he can somehow average 85 from here. Um, gives you a good M9, F7 sort of cover. He plays these next two weeks over the buyers. It does feel like almost a no-brainer to me as well, especially when you're making, um, I don't know, what it, it, at this point, what are you making, like almost 200K on a, on a Sheasel downgrade to him? Um, it, yeah, it really feels like a, it was something you have to do. Yeah, you're making, 100 and, you're making 180K on a Sheasel downgrade to Fife. I mean, that makes way too much sense to me. I'm, I'm missing something, Dylan. Can, can you argue the other side of that coin? Uh, I, all right, for the sake of the podcast, I'll try, I do agree with what you both said. I think it's... <laughs> I'm on that page, but for the sake of the podcast, I'll say, okay, what if he comes out and averages 60? What, yeah, what, where no do you good. go from there? It's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> that, that it's an absolute disaster. And, does, and you've wasted a trade. Does Omira coming back in affect him? Good question, because he, he only scored 67 the previous week with Omira in the team. So that's a, that's a good point, but I'm, I'm, game, I'm game enough to find out. Yeah, yeah. It feels like that's the the general consensus as well. Um, and as you mentioned, worst you know, if worst comes to worst, he could end up a um, you know an M nine F seven swing. But yeah, I think it. Out of the three names we've mentioned, I think I like five the most. The thing that always gives me pause for Thought Boys with these sort of trade-ins is that the Dockers lost on the weekend with Fife playing in the midfield. Um, and that always just makes me nervous because I think that that's such an easy move for the coach to make is to yeah is to get O'Meara back in, chuck him back in the guts, Fife back forward. We're playing all right with Fife forward. Um, yeah, it just kind of, that, that sort of situation just kind of scares me a little bit. At the moment, I'm going with him. Um, there are two more guys that I think we should touch on briefly. Uh, they do have buyers this week, though, so probably less relevant. Elliot Yo, oh, so close to bringing him in last week, Bandit. He looked brilliant, didn't he? I mean, uh, he, he's kind of back, right? Like, he, he looks fit, firing, he's got the role. Yeah, he does, yeah. We, we were very keen on him last week, and I didn't trade him in for, for the reasons that we've touched on because he hadn't had his buy yet. But, yeah, look, Going to be looking at him very closely, I reckon, heading into heading into round fifteen. Um, should have a, a low break even again. Um, just needs his body to hold up, which I mean, he's basically playing. He's nearly just about playing for a contract next year, I reckon. Um, West Coast, mm, absolutely, he almost definitely at that point, is. and he's he's probably one who, who would have a bit of currency on the on the trade market. So um, yeah, if he wants to stay at West Coast, I reckon he'd be really keen to to hit the back end of the season really hard and put some put some performances on the board. Counterpoint to that, A, why would you want to stay at West Coast? B, are we taking <laughs> overs, unders on his calf going? Oh, the line is at three weeks. I'm going unders. Oh, I'm going unders. I'm smashing the unders. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't Give I. it to me now. <laughs> yeah, get that on, uh, on better. Yeah, exactly. We'll get that on better special market this week. <laughs> um, last guy, uh, I can't believe this is an option again, but Ben Keys. I mean, <laughs> well, how are we at this position again with, with objectively – probably one of the least impactful footballers in the AFL. Sorry, Ben. I love him. He's been great, but I can't believe he's, he's in the in the frame as an option again. Um, just looked great on the weekend. 29 touches, 115 super coach points, kicked a goal. He's back in the midfield. Somehow went at 87 disposal efficiency. Um, yeah, we'll discuss him more next week um, when we when the Crows come off their bye. Um, now, obviously, some of these these sort of cheap, cheaper alternatives aren't quite as basement price as some people might be looking for. Uh, you might need to free up a bit more cash to to upgrade and bring in the Lockie Neal type this week or a Jack Sinclair type. So we're also going to take a look at some of the more bargain basement options. Um, 
Josh Fahey is the one that I want to I want to go with first, Dylan. Now, GWS, they've got the round 15 buy. Fahey's at 126K, sort of struggled to find his place in the team, been a really highly rated twos player, racking up 30, 40 disposals in the twos each way. He's come in. Um, I thought he was fantastic in the first half on the weekend, um, only finished in sort of the mid-50s. But what do you make of Fahey? I mean, it's, it's job security that's the concern with him, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, we mentioned before that Taylor's coming back. Isaac Cummins is another... Um, as well, Josh Kelly's uh, in the frame for the next either this week or after the buy. So that my that's my medic concern is that um, even if he is named this week, he might score fifty, and then they've got the buy, and then he's out the week after that. So I'm sort of hesitant to go there. But um, I mean, as you said, if he, if he's named, he he has shown signs that uh, when he plays, he can score reasonably well. I, he's just a pig. Like he has that pig look to him. He wear, he's got the long sleeve jumper on. He's always slutting back in the the last line of defense. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys that looks like he's going to be a, a super coach and fantasy stud. Um, so I, I'm big on him if he gets named, but I'm just I'm worried about the buy. Um, and I, I I think I can afford to see another week with a week of him given his break even is two. Um, Oyson Mullen. Oh God, I can never pronounce the name right. How do I pronounce it, Dylan? Yeah, it sounds pretty good to me, I think. We'll go with phonetically. It's Oisin Mullen. Um, he's at 102K, break even at minus 32, but he's been ruled out with an adductor injury. So we won't touch on him. That's that's a big blow to some teams, myself included. Um, just that 102K price was going to be so excellent to bring in, but he is now a just not a trade-in option at all. Um, Harvey Harrison, Dylan, Pies player. We need Dylan, oh, We need Nico on to talk about these guys. He's looked good from what I saw. Um, looks okay. The, the problem is the buy this week, obviously. Um, but if you can afford to bring him in, I don't I don't hate it. Uh, yeah, I I was at that game yesterday as well and it, he kicked a goal early and, and it sort of felt like he didn't do much outside of that. Given the buy, I, I, I don't see a reason why you'd go him early. I think yeah. he's a wait next week and sort of see where their injuries are at and, and how selection goes. I think there's a few other guys that I'd be uh, looking at this week instead. Yeah, um, on balance of things, I agree with that. Um, one of our one of our boys from the preseason, I think he was was he your boy bandit, Marcus Windhager? No, at one hundred and seventy six. This is Rain Man's pick, yeah. correct? One hundred seventy five k break even of twenty six. Um, any temptation there at all? No, nah, not not really. Um, especially with that break even at that at that price, came back in, played a full game last week. I think he only scored forty odd. Just doesn't look like he's got the yeah. role of the ceiling at the moment. I've got no doubt he'll be a a reasonable player in time, but just looks like he's behind a few in the pecking order of the Saints, and they've probably got a few to come back later in the year as well. So I'm not sure he'll be um, he'll be staying in the team for the long term. So not for me. Been a tough podcast for you so far, Dylan, but I did want to tee one up for you here. It's uh, it's Lewis Melican who you've just been crowing about for about two months. I reckon it was the first time his name came up in our chat. Talk to me. He's 172. I need a defender coming in this week. Break even at minus 39. Um, why should I be looking at Lewis Melican? Yeah, you uh, nicknamed him the Pelican. There's an awesome gif that's going around, but it's a Pelican with a like a chain around its neck. He's uh, I went early on him weeks back when he had a buy. Um, I panicked because uh, whatever happened, plans got thrown out the window late, and I needed a defender. And I saw Melican had scored 87 uh, in his first game for the year. Uh, he's not a high possession player, but um, you know, he's talked about job security. I think. The fact that he's still in the side um, bodes well for that. Paddy McCartan's ruled out for the year. I know Tom McCartan's sniffing around, but, I mean, surely Millican's ahead of Aaron Francis. Surely. <laughs> I'm sort of Has to be. I'm, I'm sort of riding him so hard because I've already got him. <laughs> I think if he's named this week, he's, <laughs> he, he's a good pick if he's named this week. He's, he's elevated, but, you know, he scored uh, 52 last week, which, which isn't great, but... Um, a warm body is a warm body, and it feels as though he's less likely to have a uh, like a, a stinker of a twenty, which he might get from a um, like a Fahey or a Harvey Harrison type, um, or even a Wintage. I need I, ne- I need some balanced opinion here, Ben, and I, I can't get anything out of Dylan. I didn't I didn't realize that he'd already gone early on him when he was talking about him this much. I thought he <laughs> I thought he just liked Melican. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out, but it now makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah, what do you reckon? Coming from a from unbiased side of things. What do you think? Yeah, he's definitely someone I'm, I'm looking at pretty closely this week. I just can't quite squeeze him in if I um, pull the other two trades that I want to do. So 
Um, look, I think if he if he's named this week, I think he's as good of he's as good a downgrade option as we've got this week. To be honest, he's already had a, he's already had his buy. Um, break even's really low with at uh, negative thirty nine. So um, and he's shown that he's got a bit of scoring capacity as well uh, in the role that he's playing. So he doesn't. Um, yeah, yeah, just I guess one of the things I like about him is that he doesn't need huge numbers. So the week just gone, he had just ten disposals, sixty percent efficiency. Um, one mark, like it, it, it's pretty grim, and he still scored fifty, right? So that for me is a big, um, a big plus. The week, well, the week before the bye, he had, um, spare with me one second. He had fifteen touches that week uh, at ninety three percent efficiency, but again, only only two marks, only two tackles. So, and that was an eighty seven. So he doesn't need huge numbers to put up um, reasonable scores for a rookie. I'm just looking through his, his his career averages and it's not particularly pretty reading, unfortunately. I think I'm almost talking myself out of it as we go along. I mean, 57, 64, 52, 60, 62, and now a 69.5 this year. So this is his highest scoring year by by quite some way um, after only two games. Yeah, I mean, if he's named this week, it's probably as good as any. The other one is Sam Sturt, who's been sitting on my bench for, for quite a while since... I mistakenly, well, just stupidly brought him in earlier in the season. Uh, he's been okay. Scored a 46 on the weekend. Um, yeah, I just nothing about Frio gives me any any hope that they uh, that he's going to be able to maintain his spot in the in the team long term. So I'd probably be looking elsewhere if you could avoid it. But he has also had his buy. He's only at 152k, um, and he does have a pretty low break even at 28. So potentially worth a look. Um, boys, I'm going to give you a bit, bit of carte blanche this week to, to take me through any any underpriced primos that are sort of taking your eye. So assuming you do manage to free up um, a bit of cash using one of these downgrade or these cheaper options that we've been talking about, um, what do you like in terms of primo options coming off the buy, Bandit? Uh, there's a few guys kicking around, that's for sure. Um, I think the ones that have caught my eye are, are probably a couple at the Suns. So Matt Real. Uh, and Noah Anderson, both both less than 600k. Noah Anderson was getting up towards 650k, sort of four to six weeks ago. He's come down a fair bit since then, with a couple of disappointing scores pre pre buy. But um, yeah, look, he's shown that he's got the ceiling. Um, could be a nice point of difference on the run home if you if you bring one of those guys in who have both shown that they they can score really well with with Took Miller not in the not in the team. We still don't even have an update on where Took's at, to be honest, with his with his knee. So. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure that he'll be anywhere near getting close to getting back on the field anytime soon. Um, but there are a couple of the boys that I um, sort of pinpointed from a a uh, less than ten percent ownership um, point of view, um, and then the other ones are just pretty much you know line and length. Lockie Neal, uh, Andrew Brayshaw, yep. um, these sorts of guys you can't really go wrong with. I think um, we were talking about Andrew Brayshaw versus. Caleb Sarong in the in the group chat today, and I think Brayshaw's got a, a five round average of 120 or something. So that suggests to me that he's that he's back, and if he can maintain that that level of output, then he's a he's a really great buy um, at less than 600k. So um, yeah, definitely one to think about this week if you need a midfield upgrade. Can I throw Mark Blitzalves at you, Dylan? 503k, five round average of 100, break even of 72. Uh, he's got 114, 106 in his last two. Now that ring any bells? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> when he, what were you going with that? I didn't even know. I, I couldn't even tell you what position he is in Supercoach. I wouldn't pick him. Um, he's a mid rock. <laughs> no, don't pick him. Yeah, De- definitely don't pick him. Then if I don't yeah. know why I don't know why they give him rock status because you can't even swing him with anyone in that. There's no one else in the game that has a <laughs> yeah. combination. Yeah, um, completely pointless. If you want a rock. Discounted. Go, uh, our man Briggs, Eddie. Briggsy. Yep. Go, Briggsy. Yes. And as just don't pick him as a midfielder. <laughs> the other one, what, the other one that I sort of was looking at as well, boys, is um, Chad Warner is not a bad, not mm, a bad option either. Three mm, round, yeah. three round average of one hundred and eighteen. He's really, really um, hit his straps with Parker not in the, not in the team, and he's going well. So that's my big um, call, Eddie. Up and about. <laughs> Your big call. I know yeah. he's, he's looking great, the chat. I, I brought him in an AFL fantasy a couple of weeks ago and, and really enjoying that one. Um, it's, it's probably, we need to talk about Briggsy at this point because um, I know neither of you guys went, went early on him, pulled the trigger on him. It was it was a me and Nico kind of job. In the I, I got him in the um, end. I got him in the end. I came round. You got him in the end. 30 seconds, there you go. I'll lock out. And that was, that was that's when right. I, that's when I got the Pelican in. The Pelican unlocked Briggsy for me. Uh, that's what Pel- happened. I there can't you go. remember Pel- what did, but... He's already done his job. Yeah, exactly He's done right. his job for the year, the Pelican. <laughs> Um, 
boys, honestly, is is Briggsy is Briggsy an R two going forward, or am I being stupid? He looks so good. Yeah, low key, yeah. Um, I actually he looks incredible. I mean, yeah, I'm sort of hoping. Well, not hoping, but if Tim English was to go down injured this week, that wouldn't be the worst thing for my super coach team. If that that's, was to happen, why would you manifest that, Dylan? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> that's that's where Dylan's team's at at this point. Well, put um, it this way: if Tim English wanted to do a dangerous tackle, and the MRO wanted to rub him out for three weeks, a la Sicily. Oh my god! There would be worse players that could happen to. <laughs> Oh my God. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I when I brought in Briggsy, I was quite vocal about the fact that I wanted to trade into Wits coming off Wits buy. There's no way I'm doing that now. I mean that that's been completely ruled out. Um, Briggsy Briggsy can can take down Wits every day of the week in my opinion. He's been fantastic. Um, any last underpriced primos that we should take a look at, Dil? Uh, he's not underpriced, but I know you'll love this one. What's in Nick Martin live? He's actually awesome. Oh my God, he's, he's so yeah, good. He's really good at football. He, I thought he was the best oh player by a million miles. Um, he, oh, he got the 10 coaches votes. Yeah, he and two men to Peter. Um, yeah, he and he's, he's getting, yeah, you go. He's getting better with he's getting better with every single game, Nick Martin. I know I bring him up every week on this podcast, but I'm glad someone outside of my little lesson and bubbles giving him <laughs> some credit because my God, some of the kicks, I don't know how he sees some of the things in traffic that he sees. It's, it's quite unique. He's incredible. Yeah, I'll read you his last three scores. Uh, okay, the opposition has been pretty ordinary, but. 120 against West Coast, 129 against North, and 139 against Carlton. It feels like he's that's building. That's a catching period, that is. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah, all I'm saying is... Um... Sorry, um, just one more on the mid-prices that we probably should talk about is uh, Naziah Wanganeen Miller, a three-round average of 110. Uh, already had his buy and only 461K. Could be a nice pod. He's looking like a very good player. They've got a good little young crew coming through the Saints. I mean, we haven't spoken enough about Mitch Owens this year, but if he doesn't win the Rising Star at this point, I'll be surprised. He's been absolutely excellent. Um, last thing before we get on to what our plans are for this week, Bennett, um, over the last couple of weeks, I've had a few guests on the podcast giving us their big calls for the remainder of the season. Um, as Dylan mentioned, he's put his nuts on the line with a Chad Warner call. Um, I went hard on Red Dog, um, and I also went hard against Jack Zebel, which is looking very, very, very promising at this point. Uh, Charlie went all in on Paddy Cripps, which is just add that to the litany of awful yeah. Charlie calls over the course of this season. What a bozo. Um, <laughs> But I did want to give you the chance, Bandit. We want to hear what you think. Um, the way I've sort of formatted this is I want to hear one player from you that's going to go up over the back half of this season and one player that's going to go down. We'll start with the player that's going to go up. All right, player that's going up. I bought this guy in, when was it? It was the week before the first buy round, so round 11, I think it was, that I brought him in. Um, didn't set the... Actually, it might have been the first buy round, I think. But anyway... Um, didn't set the world on fire, but didn't have a very high possession game in that game against the Crows up in Darwin. But Matt Rowell, I reckon, will be a top eight averaging midfielder from this point forward mm. for the rest of the season. Love it. Just just another one to sink the boots into Charlie with. Um, <laughs> another, another, one of his, another one of his excellent calls about Matt Rowell. I'm all about that, Bandit. I mean, um, I think the Suns... I don't think the Suns will play finals from here, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I don't see them getting in, but I think they're going to push teams right to the limit over this back half of the year. And yeah, Matt Rowell has gone to another level, clearly. Yeah, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if they knock over Carlton at the MCG uh, this weekend. They're, they're going, they were going that well before their buy, so hopefully they can uh, continue that form. Uh, then the player I've got going down, this guy uh, is on my never again list after I started him uh, last year and he burnt me bad in the first... Uh, half of the year, and I was pretty sick of him by the end. Um, but I don't reckon Luke Ryan will finish the year as a top eight defender, and he may even struggle to hold on to the top ten. Um, mm. he's, uh, when I look when I look down the list at the moment, he's got guys like Dan Houston, who could have probably overtaken him this week in terms of total points, but he had an absolute shocker against the Bulldogs. Harry Sheasel, Mason Redmond, Daniel Rioli, Jack Sinclair. Tom Stewart's behind him as well, Jake Lloyd. These guys are all within sort of 100 points of, of Luke Ryan, um, albeit some of them do have a, a buy round to come, but um, he's only got a three-round average of 86 um, since Fremantle have changed their game style. Um, their halfbacks aren't sort of chipping it around and taking marks as much as they were. They're trying to move the ball forward a bit quicker. So 
Um, that's sort of coincided with a, a regression from Ryan in his, in his scoring. And if that continues, I don't reckon he'll be a top eight defender, let alone in the top 10. Very good, Ben. And I can sense a little bit of bias coming into some of those remarks, but I love it. The better bias, the better. Bias. We love it. It was a bit... <laughs> <laughs> um, just for those interested, um, uh, somehow Carlton are favourites at the MCG against Gold Coast. I'll, I'll be taking Gold Coast every day of the week against them at this rate. That's going to be a very, very interesting game. Love those big calls, Bandit. Um, now, it's a huge time of the year for content. Um, for all you listeners out there, we we have a stack of content over on the SC Playbook website, so I wanted to give the SC Playbook subscription package a bit of a plug. It's $50 for the full package, which gets you full access to our NRL, AFL, and BBL archive for the next 12 months. Uh, $30 for just the AFL package. That gets you extra premium articles every single week, including some of the great articles we've got on there at the moment. Bandits, captain's articles. Um, we get Nico's. Um, well, can't even remember what Nico does, but it's good every week. He runs his eye over the, the full Supercoach slate. Um, but the real the real bonus of getting on board with the, with the subscription package is you get access to our subscriber WhatsApp chat where we answer questions from the SC Playbook community and just generally interact and banter. And I promise to do nudie runs and Charlie makes stupid calls. And uh, yeah, we, we all love it in there. It's fantastic. So if you do want to have a look at that, head over to the SC Playbook website uh, for more details. Uh, quickly, boys, I want to find out a few of your plans for this week. Trade-wise, I think I'm going to go Connor McKenna up to Jack Sinclair. Uh, Sheasel's finally going to cop the boot. And at this stage, he's going down to the Pelican. Yeah, uh, And then Will Day... The Pelican is coming in, and then Will Day is going down to Nat Five. So that's going to give me about uh, that's going to give me about two hundred and fifty odd k to play around with next week, going into the last week of the buyers. So I like the look of those trades currently. It does depend a lot on the Pelican. Uh, what are you thinking, Dill? Uh, I'll be brutally honest. I've got no idea. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if I mean, I hope Hawthorne appeals Sicily and he gets off. But if not, he'll probably go to Sinclair. Um, that'll net me another probably 100 and uh, yeah I don't know after that Ashcroft might go up to someone um, I, uh, Van Royen and, and Seamus Mitchell I sort of had penciled in to go this week but their break evens aren't too bad and I do enjoy the fact that they're playing next week so I'm sort of hesitant to take them out um, but yeah I don't know in short I've got no idea Sounds good to me Bandit what are you looking at? <laughs> Clear as mud there Dill Yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough. I'm, I'm about 70k short of the trades that I would like to do in an ideal world. Um, but I'm thinking at this stage, Weddle, Van Royen, and Davey from Essendon, who looks like we might not see him again for the rest of the year at, at AFL level, um, to yep. Sinclair, Fife, and it was going to be Mullen as that third trade in as the rookie downgrade, but with the news that he's not playing. Um, this week, I just need to sort of work out how that's going to sort of fit with the rest of my structure. I might even just trade him in anyway, just to just as a as a pure cash grab, um, just so I can sort of keep the trade plan that I've got in mind for for next week as well with um, with Sheasel and um, and a couple of other guys likely to likely to go. So um, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. But yeah, very keen on on Fife um, and pretty happy to bring in Sinclair as well as one of the um, as one of the top defenders. One guy um, we didn't mention in the rookie section before, Ryan Manick, is also 102k mm. um, as a forward. Who I think it's, I mean, his job security is as good as anyone's playing at West Coast. Um, <laughs> he kicked a couple of goals on the weekend as well. I, I don't mind that. Um, if he can do some DPP magic bandit, I think he's a not a bad rookie option, 102 grand. He looked good I mean, on the forward. Weekend, I thought I, I, I was a bit unsure about how he'd sort of run out of the game, given that he hadn't played a lot of VFL footy prior to getting picked up by West Coast. But he actually did some some really nice things. So um, yeah, he might um, might have found himself a little spot in that West Coast team. Good to say. What about captaincy wise, boys? I think at this stage I'm leaning um, towards a Tom Stewart VC on Thursday night against Port at the Oval uh, into a Bontempelli captaincy against North at Marvel. I mean, I just can't see a world in which the Bulldogs don't come out breathing fire against the Roos, and I feel like that's that's two pretty simple matchups for the boys. Uh, Bennett, you're our captaincy ex- expert over at scplaybook.com.au. What have, what have you found in the mixer for this week? Yeah, pretty pretty clear cut for me this week. Dunkley into into Bont, two of the most informed blokes in the comp. Um, Dunkley getting back to the Gabba against Sydney, who um, are battling at the moment, and Bont gets a gets a soft kill against North. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty easy for me this week. 
Love it. Deal, any other options for us? No, I think we've covered them all pretty well. I've got Stewart into um, Dunkley at the moment. I, I think the knock on Bont, this is his last three against North, 102, 83, and 82. So his recent history against them isn't great. Um, I, I, my theory behind that is is that he's in the past gone oh, it's North, as you said, an easy kill and sort of steps off the off the gas a little bit. But, I mean, at the same time, some of the scores that North can say that this year, I could see him coming out and putting out uh, putting up a 140. Wonder if they, I wonder if the Bulldogs play funny buggers and sub one of their good players off this mm. week, maybe. Liam Shield, it is actually worth probably noting Liam Shields. Like yeah, sorry, I, I cut you off. Um, Liam Shields tagged Zach Merritt a couple of weeks back, um, followed... He did a good job. Was, yeah, Tom Green around, and I know back in his Southland days, he was, yeah. he was pretty good stopping as well. So, I mean, take a pick as to who you want to tag it in that Bulldogs midfield. But if he does go to Bolton Pelly, I could sort of see how that's a, uh, you know, not a bad score, but maybe not a captaincy score. He did do a very good job on Tom Green and, and obviously an exceptional job on Zach Merritt the week before. I mean, Merritt had sort of 80 points the quarter time and um, after Shields sat on him, he couldn't score for most of the second half. So that that definitely is one to watch. Dunkley's a good shout there, Bannon. I mean, no hotter player in the competition than than him right now. Now, boys, each round of the season, we're going to be we're going to be producing an exclusive SC playbook market of our own through better. Um, we're extremely excited. We've now got access to integrating official AFL fantasy markets with them. Uh, to follow along with this week's special market, you can find find the link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au or in our YouTube descriptions. Uh, the Chief Charlie usually gets them up around Wednesday afternoon. They're usually very good value. I think a lot of us have been getting on them this season uh, with some success, which we love. Uh, if you do go through those channels on the website, uh, it'll let better know that we sent you. So that would be much appre- would be much appreciated if you're thinking, linking up a new account. What are you really gambling with? Set a deposit limit. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Last topic to get to, boys. We had a couple of listener questions come through from a few, from a few of the fellas. Uh, really good ones this week. The first go comes through from Deadly. Uh, he wants to know, who do you want for the run home out of Petrarca, Libba, and Sarong? Um, I don't know where he's pulled these three names from specifically, but with just confining yourself to these three guys... Who do you like out of them, Bennett? Um, well, if you're going for just pure volume, um, it would have to be Sarong, given he's already had his buy. Um, if that wasn't an issue for you, I kind of lean to Petrarca more than the other two. Um, Sarong started the year really hot, but he's dealing with a bit of an ankle problem at the moment and hasn't been amazing um, in the last couple of weeks. So that's something to think about. Um, Libba just seems like the he's always the sort of, um, the unsexy option, I guess, of, of Supercoach, isn't he? Like he's, he's having such a great year and we don't really talk about him enough because he's got so many stars around him. But yeah, I think he's he's probably a safe one, but I think just Petrarca for that ceiling um, could be the option out of out of those three if, if buys aren't an issue for you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think with pure numbers in terms of overall points, you got to go with Sarong. Um, if you do like the idea of, of a higher ceiling, I think Petrarca's the go. Dylan, which one would you go with? Yeah, I think... Um, I think you both hit the nail on the head there. Um, yeah, if buyers aren't a problem, Sarong, or even Brayshaw, I, I think you could mount a case for Brayshaw over Sarong. Um, but yeah, if it's those three, I think Petrarca is the best. Yeah, I'd probably rather Brayshaw over Sarong, to be honest, at this point. Yeah, agreed. Um, last question comes through from Will Sampson. A uh, bit of a broad question, just wants to find out uh, how many rookies we're all still fielding on the field? Um, I'm just having a quick look at mine. I've got three plus Briggsy, um, who I'm not going to count as a rookie, but we've got. I'm going with um, Wardlaw, Wardlaw Ashcroft, um, and then one of Eddie Ford or Seamus Mitchell in the forward line, and those are my three. Um, should hopefully have just the two in the midfield left by the end of the buys in Wardlaw and Ashcroft with Johnson coming off the bench. So feeling okay about that, uh, Bandit. Where are you at? Uh, yeah, I'm sort of, uh, this week I've got three, I've got Wardlaw, Johnson and Ford, um, and Fife as well, I guess, but if you want to, if you want to count Fife as a, as a rookie priced, um, as a rookie price option, when I'm, if hopefully all going to plan at the end of round 15, coming into round 16, I'll only have one or two left. And that's only because I'm holding a spot open for Clayton Oliver, who I traded when he hurt his hamstring. So um, just yeah, devising a plan to get him back in at some point, but not sure when that will be exactly just yet. 
Love it. Dylan, um, I'm assuming you've probably got a couple more hanging around on the field. Yeah, yeah a few more. Um, <laughs> Ashcroft, Wardlaw, um, Lewis Melican, the Pelican. Yep, of course. <laughs> yep. Um, Eddie Ford and uh, Ben Royan as well. Plus Shazel, I guess, if you yep. count Shazel, but... Um, so a couple to move along as we yeah. as we get into the last couple of weeks. And then you start talking about um, guys like Crips. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. Lots to think about. Well, boys, that's about all we've got time for this evening. Um, really appreciate your time. As always, Dylan, uh, thank you for joining us. Bandit, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you guys again this time next week. Thanks, fellas.